Well, hello and welcome again to the Eden Chapel Daily Devotional Podcast. I'm Ryan Hoffman. It's my honor and pleasure today to share with you from Numbers chapters 8 through 10. I hope that you have been enjoying these podcasts as much as I have, just getting to go through and follow along as the Israelites are, you know, God's leading them through the wilderness to the promised land. We're continuing today in Numbers. We've seen how God has given Moses and given the people the instructions for the tabernacle, for the objects inside the tabernacle, how to how they're to be built and handled and, and blessed and set up heart for God. We've seen how God has numbered the Levites and appointed them to their service. And we've seen how God has, you know, numbered the people and the, the tribes and the armies and everything. So today we are continuing in Numbers chapter 8. So the first few verses here in chapter 8 are referring to the lampstand that was there in the tabernacle. And God has Aaron mount the lamps in this solid gold lampstand and his responsibility here is to keep these lamps full of oil so that the light is burning and that it's shining in the tabernacle and that the light does not go out. Uh, this is a picture to us, you know, today for us to keep our, you know, our love for the Lord, our desire to serve him burning, to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that we will be of service to him and that our light will not go out. Ultimately, it brings to mind that the, the light is coming from God. Ultimately, the light is from him. It makes me think of Revelation chapter 1. If you look forward into the book of Revelation in chapter 1, where the vision that John receives, he sees Jesus standing in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, and those lampstands are symbolizing those churches in Asia Minor. So it's this idea that God himself, Jesus, is there in the midst of his churches, and he's the one who's giving them light so that they would shine and show the glory of God in the rest of the world. So moving on from these verses, we see the section that is talking about cleansing the Levites and sanctifying, setting them apart for service. The rest of the chapter here, we see how these Levites are to be set apart into service priests before they were set apart and numbered in, in Numbers chapter 3. And here it is repeated that they are to be set apart entirely to God. So the Levites, you know, they uh, were not to inherit land their inheritance is from God alone. They're basically given to God as an offering of the Israelites. They're kind of like the first fruit of the people to God. So they're to offer a bull for a sin offering and then offer another bull for a burnt offering to the Lord to make atonement among themselves. And then God tells Moses here that in contrast to the firstborn sons that he took from the Egyptians before the Exodus, he has taken the Levites for himself instead of their firstborn children. So it's like they kind of, in a way, become a, a living sacrifice. Their responsibility, their role is to minister to God on behalf of the rest of the people. They are to make atonement on behalf of the sons of Israel so that no plague will come upon the Israelites by coming near to the sanctuary. So the Levites are the ones who are to be ministering before for the Lord and not the other tribes. That was God's purpose in setting them apart for himself. God here sets the years of the Levites' ministry from ages 25 to 50. You know, the reason of this is so that, you know, they will be able to retire from doing the hard labor of tearing down the all the heavy, you know, solid gold and other objects and things like that and setting up the tabernacle and tearing it down. At some point, you know, that's kind of like they've fulfilled their service and then they're able to still minister alongside of the younger priests and give them guidance and give them wisdom as well. So that is referring to the Levites and their service, their ministry in the tabernacle. Um, they were set apart completely to God. Now, as we move on to chapter nine, 
we see instructions for how the people are to celebrate the Passover. God tells Moses to tell the people how it is to be celebrated, and he also gives some concessions for those that are unable to celebrate it at the prescribed time. So at this point, it's been two years since they've left Egypt. And, you know, they've gone through this whole issue where they tried to raise up a, a false idol. They had Aaron make a golden calf for them to worship. And God basically judged them for that. And now God is telling them, this is how you celebrate the Passover meal. And the reason why they celebrate it is so that they will remember it was him who led them out of Egypt, not these false idols that they were trying to get out of their system from Egypt, right? God's telling them, no, I'm the one who led you out of Egypt. So they were to celebrate the Passover on the 14th day of the first month. And this kind of comes up where some of the people in the camp, they come to Moses and they say, you know, what if we are unclean at that time because if someone has died in our in our family, in our household, then we're considered unclean as well because of the dead. Or, you know, they, they kind of bring this like this scenario to Moses and Moses goes to the Lord and the Lord tells him, okay, this is what you're going to do. They have to go through the process of becoming considered clean again. But after they've done that, then they're able to celebrate the Passover in the second month on the 14th day. So God gives them like an extension basically. And so this is the case for those who have been considered unclean or for those who are, they've gone on a journey and they haven't been able to get back at the time of the celebration. So, you know, think of uh, whatever scenario might happen. This is what God is telling them. This is how they can celebrate the Passover meal. However, if they neglected to celebrate the Passover and they weren't unclean, so they didn't have an excuse not to celebrate it at the appointed time, or if they, you know, they weren't on a journey and they just decided not to celebrate it, then God says they shall be cut off from the people and they must bear his sin. So it's God takes this very seriously with the people. He's wanting them to understand that he's the one who's led them out of Egypt. And he also gives the same instructions for those who are among them that are sojourners or aliens. You know, think of like Moses' in-laws or the, the Midianites or, or people like that who wanted to celebrate the Passover. God says there's one instruction, there's one celebration for all people here. So that is the Passover. That's instructions for the Passover. Moving on from there, it talks about the cloud that was settling on the tabernacle. So this is the cloud that God had given to them to show them when he was with them and when he was wanting them to depart. Once the tabernacle was set up, God sent a cloud to cover it and to remain upon it for as long as he wanted them to stay there in that place. So there was a cloud by day that was above the tabernacle, and at night it would appear to them as a pillar of fire. And when he wanted them to move out, he would lift the cloud from the tabernacle, and then they'd move out, and then wherever the cloud would settle down or where it would stop in the sky, then they would camp again, and they would come down and cover the tabernacle. So no matter how long it remained over the tabernacle, they were to remain there until it was lifted. And by this, God led them through the wilderness, teaching them to rely upon him for direction and deliverance. You know, so think how merciful of God it is that he gives them this visual marker of his leading them, right? He doesn't just let them kind of wander around. He leads them, he shows them visually that he's with them. And when he's ready to have them move out, that cloud is going ahead of them. It's leading them. It's showing them that he is the one who's leading them. And think of us, right? We have God's word to lead us through every stage of our lives, you know, and think of how we neglect God. We neglect his word. We neglect fellowship with him, prayer with him. But it's, he has given us so much greater, you know, his word, his Holy Spirit to lead us now as believers. We should be thankful that God hasn't left us alone, that he's always with us. So let's move on to chapter 10. Numbers chapter 10 is talking about uh, the silver trumpets, and it's also going to talk about when the tribes finally set out and they leave Sinai. 
In these first few verses of chapter 10, God has Moses fashion two silver trumpets hammered out of a single piece of silver, there for summoning the congregation together and for having the camp set out to march, there also to be blown to assemble the leaders and heads of the tribes, and for convening the assembly, there to be sounded on the days of appointed feasts and first days of the months over the burnt offerings and peace offerings. And also, God tells him that only the priestly sons of Aaron are to blow the trumpets. You know, looking at commentaries and just trying to study through this, this part is like a picture to us of the preaching and the proclamation of the gospel before the congregation. This is a role and a ministry that God gives to the pastors and the elders. He sets them apart to himself for the preaching and the proclamation of his word. He is the message. He is the one who has the message and he's set pastors and elders apart for this role, just like at this time, this is this is the role of the priests at the time. And this to show them that he is the Lord, their God. He's the one who's directing them and telling them what to do. So it's like today makes me think of in the New Testament where Paul talks about preaching the gospel and how it's like this heralding, this idea of like, you know, proclaiming victory, like in a battle or proclaiming victory. It's like, that's this, this is the image that we get here with these trumpets. And then finally, the rest of this chapter, it tells us about when the tribes finally leave Sinai. So the tribes finally set out. And what happens here is the tribes leave Sinai in the second year, the second month on the 20th day. So again, they've, they've celebrated the Passover celebration. All of them were able to celebrate it finally, as we've seen. This is after the 14th day of the second month. So everybody was able to celebrate the Passover. And then finally, you know, God says it's time to go. It's time to leave. The cloud lifts from off the tabernacle and it sets out and the people of Israel follow it to where it settles in this place called Paran. So they move out according to how God instructed them. The Ark of the Covenant is leading them just as God's presence goes before them. Moses and Aaron are out there in the front. They're they're leading the people. And the tribe, I wanted to focus on this, the tribe leading behind the Ark is the tribe of Judah. You know, to us, this the significance of this obviously is from this tribe comes the son of David, Jesus, the King of Kings, right? So this is a picture to us that God is leading his people through the wilderness. And this brought to mind for me in 1 Corinthians 10 verses 1 one through four, Paul says that his ancestors, you know, the Israelites, they were baptized into Moses and they ate the same spiritual food. They drank the same spiritual drink for they were drinking from the spiritual rock that followed them. The rock was Christ. Paul is talking about the Israelites in the wilderness. You know, God was leading them, but he's making that connection there that ultimately who was leading them? It was Jesus. And who's here in the, in the forefront of the tribes leading them? It's, it's Judah, right? So we see that those trusting God by faith during this journey in the wilderness, really, they are trusting Jesus promised to them as he leads them. So the rest of the camp moves out and they march in the order that God gave to Moses, taking down the tabernacle and the holy objects that go into the tabernacle and carrying them as God prescribed. And then the the armies are marching alongside and behind them. And then Moses invites his brother-in-law, who is the son of Jethro the Midianite. You guys remember him? when Moses left Egypt and went into the wilderness and married Zipporah. So he invites his brother-in-law, Hobab, to come with them because he knows the area, he knows the land. And Moses tells him, you know, because God has blessed Israel, we want to take care of you and we will make sure that you're protected and that you're not harmed. So he agrees, he comes with them. I just thought it was a cool detail because it's like just this little glimpse of the future, right? That the people of God is not just Israel. The people of God, God's plan is that he would bless all nations, all people from all nations and all tribes would be included into the people of God. So that's a little glimpse of it here. 
And then finally here at the end of the chapter, they set out with the Ark of the Covenant going before them. The Lord is going before them. And then we end the chapter, Moses basically says that, you know, God is the one who scatters his enemies. Let your enemies be scattered. Let those who hate you flee before you. And then he says, when the Ark came to rest, return, O Lord, to the myriad thousands of Israel. So it's just this final picture for us that God is the one who is going with the Israelites, delivering them from their enemies and protecting his people. He was visiting them with his presence as the cloud kind of came down and settled on the tabernacle and he was there with the Ark of the Covenant. God's presence was with them, but he was also there scattering their enemies around them and and protecting his people while they journeyed. So Jesus is ultimately the one who has defeated our enemy, the devil. He goes before us. God's Holy Spirit is with his people, strengthening us and comforting us throughout every season. And this is just something that we should keep in mind reading through here is that, you know, these are all pictures of Jesus delivering his people from their enemy and guiding them and visiting them with his presence. Well, thank you for joining me today. I hope that this was beneficial as we've been studying through the book of Numbers. I've really gotten a lot out of these devotions and I'm looking forward to the next one. I hope that you guys just keep in mind how God has delivered us from our enemy and how he's with us. And uh, just thank you for listening. Pray that you guys have a good rest of your day. God bless you. Bye.